Let's begin with the gatekeeper. Getting through the gatekeeper. We all understand this is a key part of any sales process, especially recruiting. But in most cases, we're not trained specifically to be very effective at it. The problem with most managers is they are not fully prepared for handling phone conversations and potential dialogue blocks that are predictable and can be handled, but do require some preparation. As a matter of fact, many of us may find ourselves through years of doing things off the cuff, really uncomfortable practicing what we're going to say. We may even find that ultimately we're not using a script. What I'd like to impress upon you is that while you may be very good that winging it, which works on some days, may not work on others, and is very difficult to improve upon. Of course, many mechanisms exist for avoiding gatekeepers to begin with, such as calling at off hours, early in the morning, at lunchtime, or late in the day, or by getting your prospect's personal cell phone number. There are always ways of avoiding interacting with the gatekeeper in the first place. But my job is not to work on what's easier when you get a layup. What I've got to be able to help you handle is what happens when you're dealing with resistance, challenges. So we're going to take a look at what do you do when you have to handle the gatekeeper. I want you to remember at the end of the day that while we want to get through the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper themselves is still a sale. That at every step of the way, we are selling every step of the way we are closing. And if we are unable to get through the gatekeeper, we may find ourselves needing to turn them into our advocate. And candidly, we may even need to include them as part of our drip campaign, which we'll discuss near the end. Our goal is ultimately to sell the gatekeeper, even if we can't get through the first time. This will come together as I go through the actual role plays and enact the situations you may find yourself in. Let me ask you, tell me, does this next scenario that I'm about to role play uh, sound familiar to you? So, you know, the phone rings, rings, Randall Kelly's office. This is John speaking. May I help you? Uh, John is Serrano in. Yes, he is, but he's on another line. May I ask who's calling? It's Bob Jones. May I ask what this is in reference to, Mr. Jones? Well, it's it's kind of personal in nature. Okay, may I ask what firm you're with? Yes, I'm with Capital Investments. Oh, I'm sorry. Serrano's asked me to not put through recruiting calls, but we appreciate your call. That probably sounds pretty familiar, right? Now, Again, there are certain strategic ways to mitigate being in this weakened position. Let's say that we don't have a way to avoid the gatekeeper, but let's say that we can even gain leverage, right? If you have leverage, it's going to be even easier to get through the gatekeeper, right? Let's say that you met this advisor at a party in passing, or let's say that you were told to call them you know, by their spouse or, you know, or you were told to call them by a friend, right? That gives you leverage. Obviously, if you can use leverage on the gatekeeper, it will make it even easier to get through. But, you know, one, there are degrees of leverage. And the reality is you may not always have leverage. 
So we still need to know how to get through if we don't have leverage. In the scenario that I just role play, some people will choose to go, geez, may I leave a voicemail message? Okay. For a moment, let me address that. Let's say you're of the school of thought that you think that it's a good idea to leave voicemail messages. Okay, got it. Leave 10 and then track the actual response rate and see if the response rate really makes it a good use of your time. I don't really believe that you need to take on agreeing with me or anyone else for that matter. I think these are things that you can test and that we're all responsible for doing our own testing to figure out what works best for us. I will tell you that if you are going to leave a message, that there are some elements that will make your message more successful than others. And those include, for example, not leaving a bunch of voluminous detail that allows the listener to make a decision without talking to you. Because in most cases, the decision will be no. You're much more likely to get a reply to a message, a voicemail, if it leaves something missing or there's some mystery, right? Imagine if I left a message for you that said, this is Serrano Kelly. I'm going to be in your area, and I was wondering if I could swing by if you're available next Wednesday. So you're wondering, first off, who's Serrano Kelly? Why is he calling you? Why is he going to be in my area, and why does he want to swing by? You want to notice none of that is explained because I'm looking to provoke the person to call me back. So again, as I said, ideally, you can call during times that might allow you to avoid the gatekeeper. You can get a personal cell phone so you're not dealing with the gatekeeper. You can clearly use leverage if you have it with the gatekeeper, right? And it's awesome if you have leverage. At the same time, if you want to leave a message, you can leave a message. I would have you test the efficacy of that. And if you're going to leave a message, please write a script that has mystery, that leaves something missing that the person would need to call you before they can make a yes or no decision. That being said, when none of that is available, we have to know how to get through the gatekeeper. And there are certain rules for that. So, for example, one of the rules is to never answer a question with a question. If you answer a question with a question, the gatekeeper will assume that there is something amiss, something suspicious, and that they should ask you questions, which I fondly refer to as being interrogated. Right? So the gatekeeper says, well, what is this in reference to? And your response is, is he in? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't answer my question. That's kind of weird. Why did he not answer my question? I now need to interrogate. That came across as defensive. Again, the gatekeeper says, well, you know, what is this in reference to? And your response is, is he in? You never answered my question. That makes me suspicious. This leads us to one of the key rules, which is always answer a question politely and then ask a question to maintain control of the dialogue. What we're trying to avoid here is being taken hostage and interrogated. That's what we're trying to avoid. 
If it happens, then we will need to make friends with our captor. But initially, what we're looking to do is to see if we can get through. So let's try it again. Ring Serrano Kelly's office. This is John. May I help you? Hi, John. Is Serrano in? May I ask who's calling? The person goes, instead of answering, is he currently available? Do you think he'll be a while? Then the gatekeeper goes to, what is this in reference to? Basically, that is the setup that we can avoid with the following approach. Ring Serrano Kelly's office. This is John speaking. May I help you? John, is Serrano in? Yes, he is, but he's on another line. May I ask who's calling? It's Bob Jones. Is he currently available, or should I call back later? Um, well, I think he'll be off in a moment. May I ask what this is in reference to? I was asked to give him a call by senior management. Should I hold? Notice that I'm staying in command. Applying the first rule of, of handling gatekeepers, whenever they ask me a question, I didn't answer with a question. I gave them an answer, a polite answer. But then I asked them a question. Right? I've seen managers that I've trained time and time again answer questions and then literally wait for the next person, for the gatekeeper to speak, knowing full well, they're going to ask you another question. So they stand there and they end up getting interrogated. Instead, we want to make sure that rather than being on our heels, we keep the gatekeeper on their heels by answering a question and then asking a question. This tactic will keep the person preoccupied and will keep them on their heels and allow you to be on your toes. Do remember that your goal is not to get through to everyone. Your goal is to increase your ratios by having a successful approach that you apply consistently. Now, let's say that we want to take this to an even higher level, right? Let's say that the gatekeeper says, may I ask what firm you're with? Here's what we could say. Let him know that a colleague of his asked me to call him. Do you need me to call back later or can he speak now? Right? So notice in that example, they're asking what firm I'm with. If I say capital investments, they're going to automatically be triggered, and that could warrant an interrogation. So let's just say that that doesn't do it, and they decide this is a recruiting call. And they say, I'm sorry, China's asked me to not put through recru recruiting calls, but we appreciate your calling. I can still respond with, look, I know you're just doing your job. Unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to go into it. But the call is about more than recruiting, and I'm sure Serrano's going to want to be kept in the loop on this. Can you let him know I'm on the line? Once again, note how I ended the interaction with a question and that the form of my communication really is a command, right? Can you let him know I'm on the line? The key thing is to recognize is that the more rounds you can go with the gatekeeper, the more people you can penetrate. Let me tell you a true story. As a 23-year-old kid working for Lehman Brothers in New York City on Madison Avenue in the 80s, we were given white lead cards with telephone numbers. One day I got a card and it said Steven Spielberg, right? You know, who you got was arbitrary. And my card says Steven Spielberg. So literally, I cold call Steven Spielberg at 23 years old, and I kid you not, I got passed through seven assistants. 
literally seven gatekeepers. It was awesome. The eighth gatekeeper was an 800-pound gorilla. Uh, she really wasn't about to let me get through. Nothing worked. I mean, I tried everything, right? By the time I got to her, I was like, put Steven on. She was like, look, I don't know who you are, but you're not getting through. I'm like, put Steven on, right? Didn't matter. She didn't buy it. The bottom line, though, is that the first seven actually did. And if it wasn't for the fact that she was so good, I would have gotten through her. The reality is, is that there are some assistants out there as gatekeepers who are very well trained and very good. It's not the majority. It's not the majority. The bottom line is you want to be able to go a couple of rounds. That doesn't mean having a 100% closing ratio. It means having a significant jump for where you are right now. If you can go several rounds with the gatekeeper and avoid being taken hostage, then you're operating in stealth mode and you're turning the tables on the gatekeeper. You're in control and they're not going to be able to brush you off with, you know, is this a recruiting call? Let me ask you, what are you going to say when someone asks you, what firm are you with? What is this in reference to? What are you going to say when they say to you, he doesn't take, she doesn't take recruiting calls. You need to have a consistent, prepared response. By the way, when I say a colleague or senior management asked me to call, notice I didn't say which firm. With all due respect, the assistant might wrongfully assume that I'm referring to their senior management. They don't necessarily know who I am. And even if it is the senior management of my firm, that might hold some sway over them. Now, what I'm never going to do is I'm never going to lie, right? Because that will come back to bite me. But I don't need to be overly specific. And one of the key things about how to handle the gatekeeper is give them information, but make them work for it, right? They should have the experience of having to get the information actively. The key thing is they should earn it. You will find that if you can go through all of the resistances that I just mentioned, that the reality is a lot of gatekeepers will fold at one point or another. So let's go back over it. Let's say the gatekeeper says, may I ask what firm you're with? Well, then, you know, take it to the next level. Let him know that a colleague of his at Capital Investments asked me to call him. Should I call him back later or should I just wait? That's if I did want to use the name of my firm. If the gatekeeper says, I'm sorry, Serrano asked me to not put through recruiting calls, you reply, look, I know you're just doing your job. I'm not at liberty to say, but this call is much more than recruiting. Serrano would want to be kept in the loop on this. Can you let him know I'm on the line? The bottom line is you want to be tracking how many times you can push back with the gatekeeper before it reaches a level of antagonism. The key thing is you want to do things the same way every time. You want to follow a scripted approach. Do remember that we're never looking to make an enemy of the gatekeeper, right? We never want to cause them ultimately to be aggressive in attempts to block us. Remember, any gatekeeper who won't let you through ends up being someone on your drip campaign, and there are ways that we can still touch them. 
until we've developed sufficient relationship capital that perhaps they'll assist us in the ability to get through. The bottom line is that recruiting is a long-term sales process, and we should relate to it that way.